track 501. Emergency, emergency, emergency. We are on the ground. I actually didn't know that the, the crash had, ha had happened yet. I just remember showing up. I was a little early before we even opened, and there was already a little line going out the door, which was unusual because, um, you know, usually there's not people waiting to get in. Um, and then I go inside, and everything's just buzzing, and then I hear about the crash, um, and that, I mean, people just started showing up. Hi, I'm John Yeager, and you're listening to Bloodworks 101, the podcast produced by your friends here at Bloodworks Northwest that'll hopefully educate or inspire you to give either time, money, or blood. Donor recruitment rep Lynette Manning and Supervisor James Moore remember December 18, 2017 vividly. That was the day Amtrak 501 derailed near Olympia, Washington, killing three people and injuring dozens. Bloodworks Northwest rushed 150 units of blood to area hospitals that day. Lynette and James were working at the Olympia Donor Center where the line of donors after the crash went out the door and down the block. Like the line just kept building and building outside the door. Um, eventually there, the whole building was full of people. People were sitting on the ground. Um, folks were there waiting five to six hours to be seen and, and to be able to uh, donate. And we were offering, you know, we kept checking with them, making sure that they're okay, trying to provide that service and, and offer them to come back later that week. Um, but they, a lot of people refused. They wanted to help that day, so they waited. Um, and we were open until past 11 o'clock that night. Um, we processed, I think James has the numbers, we processed over 150 donors. A normal day right now would be like 45 probably three times as many people as you would ordinarily have on a weekday. But I pulled data for that entire week. I think it's significant because, you know, um, that week is December 18th leading up to Christmas, which is historically really hard to um, get people in. Um, I have 133 uh, successful registrations for the previous year for that same date range. And then um, in 2017, it was 515. Um, but as I pulled this data, it looks like every center, I mean, it wasn't just Olympia. It looks like, you know, all, all centers mm -hmm. kind of answered the call that week um, because of the derailment. We were certainly uh, busier than most, but it looks, but overall, um, for all centers combined, it was uh, just over double the collections of the previous year in the same time frame. And uh, for Olympia, it was about four times the collections. <laughs> remember Lynette we uh, 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 there was a freelance photographer there from Washington Post or USA Today and all of a sudden mm -hmm. you know uh, we're getting calls from media all over the country because they saw Washington Post and a line of donors you know literally out the door and that image is something that I I, I still think about three years later but one thing for me and I, you guys can talk about it um, it showed how generous um, and, and how, how ready to give people are if you give them a reason. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I don't know if you can, um, you know, I was thinking of an angle, which, um, and I don't know if you can kind of combine it with the current pandemic and that being a similar kind of tragedy requiring the community to come together. Um, but certainly 
you know, over a larger time frame, I mean, the community has definitely responded to the pandemic and we've been able to maintain the blood supply through it all, which is pretty amazing. To see so many people come out uh, to support our mission, uh, to support the people that were in that accident, um, to help us, like James had mentioned, we had volunteers show up just willing to help. Um, they knew how crazy it would be and they wanted to lend a hand. Volunteers like Dave Williams, a teacher for 48 years in Olympia. Well, I, I wasn't scheduled to volunteer that day. I'd been volunteering there for oh, five, six years at that time. I had been a donor there for years. and, and uh, But Lynette went on the radio and she gave a urgent call for need for blood and stuff after this accident. And uh, so I got a call from James uh, asking me, hey, can you come in and help us out? We're swamped down here. And so I got in there about nine o'clock and opened at eight and they were going to be open from eight to six that day. I got in there at nine and there were already people lined up there, but there were like 30 people waiting there to be registered. And they're just standing around on chair and, and sitting down and, and standing up. And we went over and borrowed like 10 chairs from the offices uh, next door. And it was kind of a misty morning. And so we lined the chairs up outside. People were sitting outside and I was handed a clipboard and say, okay, you're, you're in charge of crowd control and kind of making every, welcoming everybody and stuff. And so people would come to the door and I'd get their name and uh, tell them, you know, what's going on. And they had all heard the radio broadcast or a broadcast on TV. And I was, uh, so I'd try to be the welcomer there. And um, we we had a system there that it takes the whole process of, of registering takes about uh, five minutes and then screening takes about five minutes and it takes about 45 minutes to get blood. So the whole process takes, you know, 55, 55 minutes or so from start to finish. Well, the people would come up and they're normally when they come to the blood center, they might have to wait at the most five, 10 minutes before they're seen. Well, here people are coming there and I'm putting their name on the clipboard and they, they say, they look at the, all the people standing around and they'd say, well, how long is it gonna be before all that? I said, well, honestly, it's gonna be, you know, two, three, four hours. And they say, oh, okay, that's fine. Uh, they were the, the attitude of people and the patience of people was really inspiring. And uh, I was just amazed at the patience of people. The inspiring story was, uh, you know, James came out of the office. You know, he was a, a phlebotomist and tech and stuff. And the, the techs didn't get any breaks at all. They, they we saw these people till James said, uh, anybody here by six o'clock at night will if you're in the door, we're gonna lock the door, but if you're here, we're gonna stay and, and make sure everybody gets uh, serviced. And so the, the, I think it was close to nine o'clock by the time everyone got out of there. Dave Williams remembers being really inspired by that. What Lynette Manning remembers is all the people she met who weren't regulars, far from it. And just to, to talk to people in line and, and get to know that a lot of them were there for the first time ever. You know, that's another great takeaway is that we gained a lot of donors that day. So my name is Caitlin Vasquez and I am a therapist at a local uh, nonprofit here in Olympia. Caitlin walked into the Olympia Donor Center that day for the very first time. 
I remember I was at home that day. I was getting ready to go into work and I was watching the news and they broke in with the uh, story about the Amtrak derailment. Now, let me move out of the way, actually, and give you a better shot of what this looks like out here this morning. You can probably see these are and massive cranes. How, you know, traffic was all backed up. So I was like, well, I'm not, there's no way I'm going to get into work today because I work in, uh, I worked in Pierce County at the time. And so I would have had to drive past all of that, um, that mess that day. So they were calling for, you know, we need, we need blood. We need, we need blood, we need the donations. And so that was where I went that day. There were a lot of people that showed up and it's just amazing to see like that kind of response from the community of, you know, when something like this happens that people answer the call. That was my first time donating, yes. And so what's happened in the three years since then, Caitlin? So since then, I've continued to donate blood and it's so easy and it's, you know, there's, you know, it's life-saving and that's, I think, is the most important aspect of it. Now wait till you hear how Caitlin Vasquez knows how important blood donation is. I actually had received a blood transfusion myself when I was younger. I had surgery. I was, um, I had a scoliosis surgery and I um, needed blood. So I received a blood transfusion myself. And I feel that that's, that has been the way to not only to give back to my community, but the catalyst of, you know, this, that train derailment three years ago has been, that, that's just, kind of the thing that woke me up and like, you know what, this is something that I can do to help. I was going to ask you about what your message is, but I think you just answered it. Yeah, it's, it's been that just, you know, it's something simple that you can do and you can do it multiple times a year and it saves lives. And when I donate and I get the email saying, hey, your donation has been used to for this person at this location, it just... You know, it gives you a sense of like, of pride in that, yes, you helped that person. You helped save their life. All right. Thanks and stay well. Stay safe. Thank you. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity. Oh my gosh. We appreciate you. My colleague Juan Cotto says we picked December 18th as State Blood Donor Day in Washington and Oregon, not only to commemorate the Amtrak derailment, but the blood that went to those surgeries and, and really helped support those those uh, those people who were injured, that blood was donated two, three weeks before. So the, 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 the constant thing is that this is a, you know, you're when you donate blood, you're preparing for whatever tragedy or whatever incident could be occurring. And I think that's one of the things that we've seen here in COVID-19, that people are looking for opportunities to serve their community. And, and this is one that really goes beyond all the bounds of, of, uh, of, of humanity. This ties us all together. Still, Lynette Manning says she's worried about the future based on our ability to collect blood. We just can't operate the way we did three years ago. If something like that were to happen right now, and the way that the pandemic is and what we have to do to adhere to those social distancing, I don't know if we could do what we did back then. You know what I mean? I don't know if we can have this many people come through. And so that goes to show just how important it is for folks to make this a regular thing, um, to come in uh, on their scheduled appointments to make sure that the shelves have, have that blood because I, you know, we, we couldn't do another 150 
um, donor day, not the way that, that the pandemic has us working. Okay, just a couple more things before we wrap this one up. First, Juan Cotto says the bill proclaiming December 18th as State Blood Donor Day passed both houses of the Washington State Legislature unanimously. Washington Governor Jay Inslee is a huge supporter of Bloodworks Northwest, as is Oregon's Governor Kate Brown, who signed the proclamation in Salem. In today's polarized times, the importance of blood donation is something we can all agree on. Also, you should know that every unit of blood donated between December 9th and December 31st will be tested for the antibodies present in COVID-19. The test will reveal whether you've tested positive for COVID-19 at some point in the recent past. If you have, you may be a COVID-19 convalescent plasma or CCP donor. We're trying to discover more of these kind of donors. Until a vaccine arrives, CCP is proving to be a promising treatment. In fact, in an upcoming Bloodworks 101 episode, you'll meet a Louisiana woman who says convalescent plasma saved her life. Okay, two final notes. I want to thank my old friends at Cairo 7 in Seattle for their help in getting us some archival sound for this story. And finally, remember Caitlin Vasquez? Well, after our call, Caitlin told me that she knows where she'll be on Friday, December 18th, State Blood Donor Day. She'll be at the Olympia Donor Center making a blood donation and marking her third year donating and her two-gallon milestone. Now, I don't know about you, but I find it comforting that in this very crazy year, when nothing is normal, that we can still find a tragic story with such a happy ending, complete with a new beginning. I'm John Yeager for Bloodworks 101. See you next time.